Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 weekday evenings on fm 101.5 and am 1400 the patriot it's six o'clock talk with daryl wood host daryl wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion constitutionalism and thought-provoking analysis join the conversation six o'clock talk with daryl wood a daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else tune in to six o'clock talk with daryl wood on fm 101.5 and am 1400 the patriot or stream at patriotdetroit.com you are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. This is Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. Each week, Wendy brings resources and information to help guide you through those next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Now, here's Wendy Jones with this week's guest. Welcome to Next Steps for Seniors, Conversations on Aging. I'm your host, Wendy Jones, and every week we have discussions and talk about things that nobody else wants to talk about. And why? Because guess what? We all age, life moves on, and we need to we need to know this stuff. We need to gain information, knowledge about the future. This week's program, however, because we are airing right around the Christmas holiday, is going to be the real story of Christmas. And I know it doesn't have a whole lot to do with aging, but it has a whole lot to do with life. And I thought it would be fascinating to have this discussion with a pastor who is also a friend. And I feel like, you know, between him and I, we can actually discuss the real story. Because when people think of Christmas, they think of a Christmas tree, lights, gifts under the tree. Not all the time do they think about the real reason for the season, which I believe is Jesus, right? This is why it all started. So I have with me here today, Pastor Timothy Holland. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning, Good morning afternoon, whenever time you listen to this. <laughs> but I'm, yes, I'm grateful to have you here. You're with Creekside Christian Church, and it's a local church here in the Rochester area, and a, a student of the word. You've been studying, you have your divinity, your degree, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, apologetics. Apologetics degree, okay. So he's got a degree degree, and then he also went back to school to get his apologetics. So I think it's it's, uh, pertinent to have this discussion today because a lot of people have questions about, you know, how did this all happen? You know, how old was Mary? I mean, these are some of the questions we're going to answer on today's program. What's the significance of the three gifts? You know, how old was Mary? You know, who told her, you know, 
how the whole process worked, right? How did this baby come to be? And, and let's get even further into, you know, what was the whole point of why he was born and why, and why December 25th was chosen? I mean, there's a lot of things we're going to talk about. So if you've ever been thinking some of these questions, you know, were there really shepherds in the manger? (laughs) Because we all look at that nativity scene, right? Everyone's got a nativity scene somewhere, somehow that they've been looking at, watching, looking What's the significance of the star? How about that? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things we're going to talk about. So I'm excited, Pastor, to have you with me today. It's, it's great to be here, always. Thank you. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna enjoy this time together. So first, my first question is, you know, back to the beginning. You know, obviously, Mary is an extremely significant person in this story. And she was Jewish. Mm-hmm. And she was young. Yeah, you have, if you go back into the Old Testament and, you know, you look at Isaiah and you have these prophecies that were given six, six and a half centuries before Jesus was born, mm-hmm. where Isaiah is writing and he's saying, um, this will be a sign for you. A virgin will conceive and bear a son. And and so you're going to have a young girl who's never been with a man is going to get birth. Now that in and of itself is impossible. Well, it's a miracle, right? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen. And, and in our culture, it's almost, it's, it's inconceivable. It's, it's unacceptable. It's, you know, all these, all these different terms that we throw in front of it. And, and you say, well, why would God do that? But God, God is, had given a promise through Abraham and it was following through all of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, went through Joseph, keep coming through Daniel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all the way. And all of a sudden, um, this angel appears to Mary and says, you're it. Well, and, he didn't exactly say you're no, it. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing for the time of brevity. But, you know, God says, you know, blessed you art thou, chosen. highly favored among all women, above all women. That that the over the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, will overcome you, and you will conceive. give birth. You're going to conceive and give birth to a son, and you're going to name him Emmanuel, God with us, or we, we we call it Jesus. And he was showing humanity that he was keeping his promise. He was providing a redeemer, and it was in such a way that only God could do it. And so when we start reading through the story here and we start looking at what's happening and we, we take into account all of the the um, impossible parts of it and, and, and actually horrible, you know, when when Mary approaches Joseph, we, how, do you, how do you think she felt? And how did Joseph feel? Um, honey, I'm pregnant. Right. And it's not yours. Now, God... Send an angel to Joseph too. Well, the- let's talk about that because this is a, this is a very good good point to talk about. So, first of all, we know um, Mary was Jewish, and in the Jewish faith, if I understand it correctly, and tell me if I'm wrong, but the the marriage uh, I'm going to say ceremony or cycle or whatever is basically three years. The first year is the engagement year. The second year is the marriage year, but you don't consummate the marriage until going into the third year. Yeah, you have the betrothing. Betrothing is where Mary was at, right? right? The and that's where phase. you the, the the promises are made, and now you're putting together the commitment, right? Yeah, okay. and you're putting together a dowry, and you're gonna because there was there's significant. It was a financial deal too. 
There's you're a bringing, lot of things you're, that are coming you're, you're, in. You're, you're wanting to set this this couple up to make it. So Mary and Joseph are in the, so to speak, second phase betrothing stage. Yeah, they're betrothed. Um, they're, they're together. They're, they're committed. They're, they can travel together. They can do all they're, they're going to do. They're doing everything they're doing like as a couple, mm-hmm. except they didn't consummate it the marriage. It has not been consummated. So he was very aware that this was not his child. Right. And, and, and uh, in my understanding, Joseph's a bit older than, than Mary. So Mary might be 15, could have been 16, could have been 14. We don't know for right sure. Right around that age. But mm-hmm. he, Joseph, could have easily been uh, late 20s, 30-ish. We don't know. They don't talk about that. Mm-mm. You're right. And it's but, probably just not significant. But he's, he's, um, he's an established male with a good career, and he's, he's, a, he's a carpenter. So he's, he's established his life. Mm-hmm. And you have an angel appearing to Mary and giving the announcement that you're, you, you know, going back from the prophecy that Isaiah gave, now, now all these Jewish women are on alert. Especially, because they know that there's a king coming. Especially if you're in the tribe and the family of David. Because that's, you know, once, when, when God speaks to David, he says, through you, the Messiah is going to come. And as, as Mary and anybody else in her circle of, of, of family and her relations, those women as they're growing up, they're like, could it be me? Could it be me? It's a great honor. This is a huge honor. And God shows up one, one evening and says, it's you. And her, her, Mary's life changed. Her, the trajectory, even her legacy. The whole world changed. Oh, yeah. But well, yes. History changed. That's why we mm-hmm. have our, our, our calendar marks this, you know, we're, we're B.C. A.D. still. Okay, explain that. Well, it's... it's B.C. is before Christ. We, we say before Christ, after Christ. You have Latin terms for it that are a little bit different, but that's what they mean. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, uh, they're changing the, the acronyms now, but it doesn't matter. That's the, the, the split of time is Jesus. Is when Jesus was born. And, and when you look at all that happened before this, uh, pro- when the prophecy pointing to this was fulfilled by Jesus being born, living his life, and even more specifically, dying and coming back. Right. So you have this 33-year period that really uh, brings man to a place where from the moment Adam sinned all the way up until Jesus lives his life, man's been separated from God. Man's been, God kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden. He doesn't come down and commune with them anymore. You can, we can pray and we can, there's all these things we can do. But for the Jewish nation in particular, they have the um, synagogue and the synagogue in Jerusalem where the Ark of the Covenant is, that's where God's spirit is, but only one person can have an audience once a year. This is all going to change with Jesus. And now instead of one person once a year going before God, and they have to be clean, they have to have everything taken care of, God puts his spirit in all of us. This announcement to Mary is, is God saying, everything I promised you, is coming true starting now. So I just want to share this because we have a lot of different maybe faiths listening to this program right now. So the Bible, which we know was written thousands of years ago, uh, the Old Testament is identical with the Jewish faith and the Christian faith. 
the same story. Yeah, you have. Um, right? Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You have you have the Torah, you have the original five books, and you have the the Toma, which are connectors, and you have the Mishnah, and so you you bring all of these components of the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament, and that's it's God's promise to man before Christ. Okay. The right. New Testament is the new promise, which is what Jesus did. Right. And so today, and we've got 30 seconds left in this segment, so we're going to move into the story more. We're talking specifically about this story, how the angel came to Mary. So we've gotten that far. we got a long way to go. So we're going to move <laughs> a little quicker through the next three segments. But this, this story has so much significance. Like Pastor said, the divine moment, it dividing before Christ to after Christ uh, as a date in the calendar. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk more about that in just a moment. You're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. You're listening to Next Steps for Seniors, Conversations on Aging. Our topic today is really all about the real story the real reason for Christmas and why we celebrate it. And so many people around this time of the year have questions. They just don't understand how it all started. We know little bits and pieces, but there's components of the story that just don't really make sense in our heads. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have Pastor Tim here today who understands the whole picture and a lot of great detail that we're going to learn and glean from him. So we know that the angel came to Mary. We know Mary was a young woman and she was Jewish. And we know that Mary and Joseph were in the betrothed stage, we mm -hmm. call it, mm -hmm. um, of their marriage, which means they were already committed. So what happened when Mary went to tell Joseph that she's pregnant what did he do well that's where you have a um now you have a, a, a moral or a, a and and for sure a cultural issue here where they've not they're betrothed but they're not consummated and she's pregnant and so he knows it's not his but as as mary is approaching joseph god sends an angel to give joseph a heads up and says don't put your wife away now what does it mean do anything he's not going to harm her but it means don't send her back to her family and say okay you 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 keep the baby and i'm just going to we're going to part ways because we're not we're not completely married yet now does he say don't be afraid to to take her to as keep her wife. take her as your wife he and then that. and then and then the, and then the angel says and take her with you when you go to bethlehem and, and he was going to bethlehem because uh Caesar had said he wanted the Roman, the 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 whole nation numbered, and so the census, the census, yes. Yeah. So they're they're doing they're counting people, mm -hmm. and so this this included the Jewish sector, whether you call it Galilee or Palestine or whatever. And so so Quirinius is the mayor, and he says, "Yes, we're going to do a census. Everybody has to go to their home city." Joseph is from the tribe of David. David comes from Bethlehem. So they're going back to Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house of shepherds. That's what Bethlehem means in Hebrew. This is where shepherds comes from. So, and that's why <laughs> this is where the sheep they are raised in. for sacrifice. It's a very important part of the Jewish uh, nation and their, their um, spiritual structure is what happens in Bethlehem. 
So, so Joseph takes Mary with him because she otherwise she would have had the baby in Nazareth. That's where she was from. Nazarene, right? But the mm-hmm. prophecy said that the baby would be born in the city of David, which is Bethlehem. Right. So at some point, we knew that he was going to get there. We just didn't know how. God saw it to it. So because of the census is why he had to bring Mary to... Mm-hmm. So the journey, as I understand it, was quite long. Uh, yeah, it's it's a couple weeks, a few weeks. Um, so you, when you go from Galilee to Bethlehem, we, I was just there. You didn't go on a donkey across no, no, the water. No, no, we did it, in, <laughs> we did it walking, in a few hours. <laughs> walking with your sandals in your sandaled feet. But okay, so you get to... So the journey... Right? She's mm-hmm. pregnant. We all know the story. She's on the donkey. He's walking side by side. And they're journeying because of the census to get to Bethlehem. Yep. Now, when they get to Bethlehem, a lot of things are kind of happening during this time. Yeah. Everybody has to go to where they're from. So, and, and you know, David's tribe is a big tribe. It's Judah. This is big, the tribe prominent of Judah. tribe. Huge. Mm-hmm. They, so, so. Joseph's family has to go to Bethlehem. So, so you have the people that live there, and you have all the people that are coming there. There's nowhere to stay. Now, the other part of the prophecy is you'll find him in a stable. And sure enough, they get there. He, you know, there was no inn. Uber. There was no, no room no, at the uh, end. No Verbo, or you know, they, they they didn't have. Kind of, so right. so and, and by and large you a lot of times they would stay with family but but Joseph's family had they were full and so so they're stuck and so you have they checked a lot of places nothing available and then you have a a, a room uh, a innkeeper who says listen I don't have any rooms but this is what I can do I can give you the stable and that's where they go the significance is fascinating to me how it all was put together and we all see modern day the nativity scene mm-hmm. right and we know that there's a little baby in this manger which is basically a horse tro- i mean what was wasn't it yeah there? you know it, it's um, a pig tro, right yeah like a like a uh, uh, any kind of could be for horses could be for cattle it could be for sheep it could where they, be where they eat um uh, and and you know when we went and we looked at those they're they're technically they're stone troughs carved out about two and a half feet off the ground, but they're wide. They're they're super. They're never going to break. They're never going to fall. And it was the safest place to put a baby lamb. That's, and that's what they used. It that's for. what they did. That's what they would when the when a new baby lamb was born. They would wrap it up in rags so it couldn't get hurt, and they would bind it to the trough so it could never fall out. So no bones could be broken. Which is when you bring an a. a, a a lamb for sacrifice, no scars, no birth defects, and no broken bones. And this was the Jewish religion that they would sacrifice the lamb. Yep, this is what Leviticus. This is this is how you have a lamb for redemption. So every family would get a lamb, bring the lamb to the high priest at Passover, and they would. They, that's how you got your yearly atonement for sin, cleansing, redemption. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the significance of Jesus. Now, from the Lord, from God, being in the same manger, so to speak, as what they did for the Lamb Mm -hmm. is significant because he is called the Lamb of God. Right. He is the perfect Lamb sent by God, and and now he's the redemption for everyone, 
Everyone who had lived was living. Thank God for this. Everyone who would live. It just gives me chills. It's fascinating. So if you didn't know this part of the story, it is remarkable. So let's talk about the people who knew that Jesus was coming. There was a baby that was going to be born because because of the census. Now we get like Herod and the wise men kind of like are learning things are happening. Uh, yeah. Well, you have the, the wise men are, um, they're seeing a star right about now, but they're two or three years from really showing up. So they're, they're starting their journey, but they're over in the Orient. They're way to the East. Years journey. But what you have happening in, in Jerusalem in particular, we've got Elizabeth who's Mary's aunt, and she's pregnant. And, and, and she's six months ahead of Mary. Mm-hmm. And so, so Mary, th- Mary... Which was another miracle, but we're not going right, to talk about right, that right, right. now. Yeah, we're they're supposed, old we're and, going to focus and, on Mary. <laughs> so when Mary comes to, to talk to her aunt, who's her confidant, Jesus in her womb leaps. And that's where you get the Magnificat. Mary is saying, you know... Um, my soul doth magnify the Lord because she realizes that this baby inside her is not just a baby. It's the son of God. She re- she's coming to the realization that what is happening here is all God because she's never been with she a had, man. Yeah, she she had, is pregnant. She gets to Mary and Mary's like, oh, we've been praying about this. And Mary's husband said he knew that he wasn't going to die till he saw the Messiah. Mary's husband. You mean Elizabeth? Elizabeth. Yeah. Elizabeth's okay. husband. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> so Elizabeth. Well, Joseph and I think won't this either, is... but he no. didn't have the prophecy. <laughs> but this is important. Elizabeth was pregnant with John. Yep. That's who Jesus' is, cousin. Who is John the Baptist. Yep. So I think it's important in the Bible, John was born specifically. He had his mission and purpose in life was to pave the way mm-hmm. for the king of kings, he's which, the is, which is Jesus, the precursor. He's the, he's the to... prophet for Jesus. He's going to say, make way. Mm-hmm. So isn't it true that Mary did live with Elizabeth for a, a time period mm-hmm. before they went back to Bethlehem? Yep, yep. And and she's getting uh, great advice from Elizabeth. And, and she's Elizabeth knows that her child is special. Now she knows that... Mary's child is special. And, and you see this, as we come together with other believers and we begin to see what God is doing in each other's lives, that's called a testimony. Our testimonies feed each other's faith. That's why it says in, in Revelation, how will, how will the world know who Jesus is? Number one is the word of God. Number two, it's the word of our testimony. So Mary is being fed by the truth that Elizabeth knows, and Elizabeth is being fed by what's happening in Mary. So here's a question. Nobody talks about Mary's parents. Who, who? What's the story with them? Do we do we know anything about Mary? Well, here's, mother and here's father? what I would say. Um, you you can do a little bit of a dive, and you can find a little bit of truth. But you see, anything that the Bible is is more we, or less silent about, it's because it doesn't matter. So so I would say, why are you worried about that? Doesn't matter. Right. It's and, insignificant, and, and that's a very good point because they didn't put it in for a reason, but they did put Elizabeth in. Right. right, because that significance of John the Baptist paving the way for Jesus is huge. So Mary finds out she's pregnant, goes and lives with Elizabeth for a period of time, probably while she's growing. Right? Yeah, she's probably in her pregnancy. Could have been three months. And then, and then 
they get on a donkey and and come to 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 Bethlehem and then don't have a room because it's packed because everyone's coming for the census. So what do they do? Go to the manger. So now you all know how the nativity scene got set up with the manger. And in case you're wondering, that is exactly where baby Jesus was born. And we're going to move into that in our next segment and talk about those wise men making their journey and talk about the three gifts and what the significance are of those. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors, Conversations on Aging. We are here today with the topic of talking about the real reason for Christmas. Many people understand part of stories. They don't understand the whole thing. We're very blessed to have Pastor Tim Helen from Creekside Christian Church with us today because we want to know the whole story. We want to know from beginning to end. Some people knew there was a census. Some people didn't. Some people didn't even know, um, you know, that... Elizabeth was Mary's aunt. I right, mean, there's a lot of things right. we've talked about that are that are a little new. But so now we're moving into Jesus is in the manger. Mm-hmm. Jesus is born, which is a monumental, like you mentioned in the first segment, de- definition in time, which is significant. Yeah, you have this. You have this impossible, horrible scenario of a birth that seems unthinkable. God's plan, but it's God's plan to fulfill. His prophecy saying, here's how it's going to happen. So there's no denying that this child in this manger at this time to this virgin could only be the Messiah. And the prophecies, I know we're in the book of Isaiah. What other books oh, are they Oh, yeah, in? you have um, David has prophecies. You have, there's, there's 300 plus prophecies sprinkled the throughout Testament, the Old Testament. that you could read. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So again, the greatest book ever sold and ever read. So... I encourage you, if you haven't, read the Old Testament and you'll see how this all lines up. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving into what happens on the other side. Let's talk a little bit about the shepherds and the wise men, because I'm going back to Jesus is born and now all these people are hearing about this, right? Mm-hmm. They've been waiting for a savior. Yeah, well, you you're, you, <clears throat> you have this, this, this nation of Israel that's been promised, God promises Abraham, way, way back in the beginning, way before they even go to Egypt, through you, I'm going to bless the whole world. And this blessing is is the Messiah, the Redeemer. And so they're waiting, waiting, waiting. And so we're going on thousands of years. It's just they're waiting and waiting and waiting. It doesn't seem like anything's happening. 400 years of silence from Micah to this point, 400 years, nothing. And all of a sudden, boom, an angel shows up, says to Mary, you're the one. Says to Joseph, don't divorce her, keep her. Sends them to Bethlehem, just exactly like Isaiah. Baby's born. Now, the baby is wrapped in swaddling clothes and put in a manger. And we read that and we think, that's, no, that must be what they did back then. No, that's not what they did back then. That's what they did to lambs back then so that they would be qualified to be used for sacrifices. So the first group that God announces the birth of his son to is not the high priest, is not it's not the Sanhedrin or the Pharisees, it's not the it's not the professors or the no, it's shepherds in the field. And and and, and what he does is he rolls back the the veil between between our world and the spiritual realm and they see all these angels worshiping because they've been waiting for this day too. This is an absolutely 
monumental moment, not just for humanity, for all of history. And they're praising God saying, tonight in Bethlehem is born the Savior of the world. And so the angels are saying, you need to go and see this baby. Go to Bethlehem. You'll find a stable. And in the stable, you'll find a, a, a mom and a baby. And the baby will be wrapped in rags like a lamb, lying in a manger like a lamb. They, I believe that God told them because they're the only ones that would understand the significance that this baby was born to die. And those shepherds, chosen shepherds, play a very significant role because they were the first to know and to actually see angels. Not many people in the world today see angels. Well, you so know, for the heavens to be opened up and for them to see the angels and know that this is really happening right now and it's time. Right. And then you, I mean, a few people see a angel. They saw, they saw. The, all of thousands them. of angels. They saw the heavenly host. Nobody had seen that before. Nobody has seen that since. Right. And it's because God was saying, no, this is it. This now, is the moment. This is the time. So all the shepherds start traveling to so, see Yeah, that see night the they go and they see the They're baby. Like, We're out. We're going. Now, as this is happening, there was a marker and there was a star. And there was a star that was hung over Bethlehem. As soon as the baby was born was when the star was there, yeah. correct? So when this star is visible, you have these these... Uh, incredibly smart people out east, so in the Orient, the wise men. And they're, they're astrologers. Smart people, but you could call them wise men, too. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> Same thing. But they've been reading <laughs> Isaiah. They've been reading all kinds of religious writings. So I'm sure they, they studied Greek philosophy, and I, I'm sure they were reading the Egyptian stuff. Mm -hmm. but, but in particular, they're reading this, this book of Isaiah, and they, and they realize that when they see that star, it's significant. So they start following the star. It's it's a couple years minimum for them to travel from where they, where they are, way out in the in the east, to come and find Jesus. And I think people think that the wise men just traveled like short distance and got there in a, a month or so. This was I mean, a we're committed years journey. Years. And, yes. Years tra carrying very valuable gifts. Okay, so I want to talk about those gifts. What were the gifts and, and the value of them? So you have frankincense, gold, and myrrh. All of them are, are, are very precious. We could spend lots of time. Gold, I'm giving you two obviously, minutes. <laughs> gold is, 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 is the, it's, it's the primary backer of currency. So if you want to, so that's gold, that's still, that's, you, to you this wanna, day. You want to lock up your value, put it in gold. Yep. Then you have uh, um, frankincense denotes deity. When you put frankincense on someone, what's interesting about frankincense, you, you, you anoint somebody with frankincense, even after they leave the room, the essence of frankincense is there. You know they were there. And so it's, it, it denoted deity or royalty. And then myrrh. And it was very expensive. Very expensive. And hard to get. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Myrrh is used for embalming. So you have the wealth of a king, the deity of a religious of a, of, a, of a god, and you have the marker of death, which is myrrh. And, each of, and, and, and this myrrh is given in order to prepare him for the very reason that he was born is to die. But who is he? He's God. He's royal. He is the king of kings. That's what those, those three gifts really represent. And so that's what they brought. Well, there's the significance of it. And 
Very much so. Very good to know. I knew it was gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but it makes more sense understanding the deity component. And yes, exactly. So by the time that, and they walked, right? Didn't they journey uh, on They foot? may have had camels. It's okay. hard to so say. So they journey years. Mm-hmm. So they probably didn't see Jesus until he was a little older. Well, and they, they show up. And so you have Herod, who's sitting on the throne of Israel, and you have these wise men that show up, and the first place they go is to Herod's, and they say, where is this king who was born? Oh, great, yes. Let's and, ask and, Herod. And Herod's like, <laughs> oh, really? How do you know that? Well, his star is in the sky. It's hanging over here. We followed the star to him. And so, so this is where Herod says, hmm, we can't have another king. So he orders the slaughter of every baby under two who's a male. This is a brutal, brutal time in Israel's history. And it was initiated by Herod with the one, the express purpose of taking Jesus out. It's unbelievable. It just is devastating as you even talk about it, even now, so many thousands of years later. Yeah, well, so- Mary and Joseph, they, they hightail it to Egypt. They leave. So they got word that yeah, the, this was the, coming. Who wise, told them the that? The wise men. The yeah. wise men came, told them the story, and then what did they do? Fled to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Back. It's Jesus once again going to the wilderness. Okay, so the shepherds see him, the wise men see him. Who? Anybody else that we're missing in the story? Uh, other than, than uh, Elizabeth and her husband, outside of that, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there were people that were aware of what was Mary and Joseph were going, but not the significance. And, and so the, the, the people that might have had an, an inkling were more dismissive because they've been waiting for thousands of years and it's never happened. So they wanted... Herod is the only one really that wanted Jesus dead because he didn't want any competition. He was Mm -hmm. the king, he thought. And that's why that whole component started even to begin with. But all the other people knew. Which was prophesied that when the the Messiah is born, there'll be weeping and wailing of mothers Mm. who are losing their kids. So how long do we have an idea how long Jesus was in Bethlehem with Mary and Joseph? Um. We won't hold you to it. No, well, just through the through the through the census, for sure. But then I believe they were moving back to Nazareth, and in Nazareth is where the the wise men come, and then from Nazareth they flee. So the to, wise men actually visited in. I believe it was back at Nazareth where their home was. But the shepherds went to Bethlehem. Yep. yep. Okay, and then when the wise men went to Nazarene, told them, then they went to Egypt from there. Yep. I don't know, guys. Is everybody getting this? Because this is deep, rich, and so good. And it's all laid out for you in the Holy Bible. And it is one of the greatest books ever sold. Read it. It's fantastic. In fact, what we do, and this is just an idea, it's in the book of Luke. You can actually open open the Bible in the morning, on Christmas morning, and read Luke 2 with your family. That's our tradition. I think that it's a great tradition to start because a lot of children nowadays don't even understand. They think that, oh, Christmas is so fun. Santa Claus comes down the chimney and you get gifts. Well, the reality is there's a lot more to that story. And that's why we're talking about it today. Thank you for tuning in to Next Steps for Seniors, Conversations on Aging. We'll be back in just a moment.
Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. Our topic today, as you all know, and we're sitting on the edge of our seats wanting to know how this story ends, is really about the real reason, the real reason for the season. And it's all about Jesus. Mm. And we can celebrate all the outside peripheral things, but the true celebration is him. And we've talked a lot about history, but the bottom line is this is his story. Mm, exactly. This is God's story from the beginning of time, all laid out very clearly in the Bible, and it's actually happening. And that's what we're talking about right now is how that story was laid out step by step, all the way to Jesus being born, the wise men, the shepherds. It's fascinating. And this is exactly how God ordained it. So, Pastor, I want to ask you this. You know, as we're listening to everything we've talked about, let's go back to why Christmas is so important. Why is it so critical that Jesus is born? When you look at the significant components, and and let's just let's go to the, the the shepherds on the side of a field watching their flocks by night, and all of a sudden, the heavens. The, the veil rolls back and they start hearing angels singing and they look up and they see, it says the, the sky is filled with a heavenly host. So, you know, it's, it's not hundreds or thousands, could have been millions, just, just they fill the sky and they're all worshiping and praising God. And, 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 and it's never happened before. And what you, what we see in this moment right there is, is God is revealing to earth the excitement in heaven that he's doing what he said he was going to do. And all through history, in every culture, you can look at their politics, you can look at their finances, you can look at their commerce, you can look at their religions. And we try and try and try and try and try to develop some kind of a society and a culture where everything is perfect, and we have never done it in 6,000 years. And we can boil it down, we can come to each of us as individuals, and we look at how all of us live, and whether, whether I'm preaching to a church at a, at a, at a, uh, a facility with, with seniors or at the jail, we see all of these people who have done all of these different things in life to try to f- fulfill that inner desire, that something way deep down inside of us that identifies who we are and brings us to a place of fulfillment. And, and the bottom line is, and this is why I love watching people come to Christ, money doesn't do it. Love doesn't do it. Uh, power social status, all these different things. It doesn't do it. There's only one there's only one person. Family can, and friends don't no, do it. I mean, they get close, don't they? They get close. But but you know, uh, the 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 closest person to you, the person you love the most, will also they they have the ability to hurt you the most. And so and so we so we deal with that on on a very real level all through life. But all of a sudden this being, this baby that was born on Christmas Day, who grew up and became the Messiah, this guy who who is turning water into wine and raising the sick and the de- deaf are hearing, the blind are seeing, the dead are coming back to life. He goes to the cross. He was bound by those rags and laid in that trough, in that in that stable for one reason. He is the perfect lamb who came for one reason, to die. And in his death... When he shed his blood, he didn't just cover our sins. Folks, he took them away for eternity. So, so we're forgiven, we're redeemed, 
we're saved and we're given eternal life. And I'll tell you, it's that relationship with this person, Jesus Christ, that fulfills that part of us that nothing else will. And God knew it. That's why the angels are rejoicing, because they know this changes everything. And it split time, split time, right in half to this day. And why is Christmas so important? Why, why do we celebrate this? Because if you don't know Jesus, if you haven't accepted him as your savior, that part of you that is constantly reaching for something and never satisfied will always be empty. There's only one person who can satisfy the longing of our heart and in our spirits, and it's Jesus. This is why we celebrate this day. This is why the whole world stops to this day. Banks are closed, malls. You... Jesus, that's the first time he came to the earth. But folks, you know, you know what I think is even, it's not more important, but it's very pertinent. He's coming back. And if we haven't accepted him, if we haven't allowed him to satisfy that part in our hearts, in our souls, in our spirits, when he comes back, we're not going with him. And we celebrate Christ because what this initiated was the redemption of humanity. No government can do it. No commerce can do it. Not, there's not enough gold. And folks, I'm a pastor. Religion won't do it. Only Jesus. And the relationship with Jesus. And I, I am here to tell you there is nothing on earth better than that. Better than knowing him, hearing him, following his leading, the Holy Spirit. And you can talk through that for a second. Because when Jesus died on that cross, so he lived 33 years. Mm -hmm. Born in the major, lived 33 years, died on the cross. And we all know when he went, when he died, what happened when his physical body died is God brought back the greatest gift. So Jesus was only in one spot his whole life for 33 years. But when he died on that cross, God gave us the greatest gift we could ever have in the Holy Spirit. Because, and if you're wondering why it's God, the Father, God, the Son, and then the Holy Spirit, that's exactly why. Because that Holy Spirit came back and that Spirit right now is everywhere. Mm. That Holy Spirit is what leads and guides us every, I can't even imagine my life without the Holy Spirit. Oh, I, empty. You, you, that's, what, that's what satisfies that part of us. And you, you, you look at how Jesus came. And you look at his life. So you have you have a, a a young girl who's never been with a man gets pregnant, gives birth in a barn, on a, in a stable. Jesus comes with nothing, never owns anything, never has a business, is never ordained into ministry, never owns a home, never gets married, and never has kids. What, what's that all about? Well. Now, listen, I'm all for family. I'm all for kids. I'm all for marriage. I love it. it we, I have a great family. But that's not what saves me. And, and God sent his son to die for us. And when he died, up until that point, God's spirit was, was on the mercy seat, which is the Ark of the Covenant was in the inner sanctum of the synagogue with those angels 
over the ark with their wings stretched out, and God's Spirit was there. That was called the mercy seat. So God's Holy Spirit was there for thousands of years. And, and, and only one person could go in there once a year. Jesus dies. He's on the cross. And the curtain in that inner sanctum is ripped from top to bottom. And that Holy Spirit at that moment literally covers the earth. And anyone now, not just can approach that, can be filled with that spirit. So what he did brought us to a place where we're united with God. So much so that God, God, folks, as unbelievable as this is, he lives in me. He lives in you. And he desires to live in every other human being. That's what Jesus did. And that is why this divine plan is so unique. He was born to die for us. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was, there was no power trip, no government, no religion, no business, no, no family ties, nothing. All those, as good as they are, God was saying, no, 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 no. You only need one thing. It's Jesus. So we celebrate Christmas because we celebrate his birth. The Messiah was born. And the the nativity scene, doesn't it just mean so much more to you mm, now mm-hmm. when you look at it and you see the star and you know all the people that traveled all over the world to get to the star? It, it's fascinating to me. And this little baby lived 33 years on this earth for us. He's the most influential being in the history of humanity. And, and outside of his miracles, from a human perspective, he didn't do anything. But in a spiritual context, in his death and resurrection, he did everything. Everything, absolutely. And, and then, let's fast forward. So Christmas, we celebrate his birth. And then if you wonder what happens on Easter... Join us, March or April. <laughs> We're going to talk about the work of redemption. That is when the three days he dies on the cross and then he is resurrected. He comes back. Only so, human in history. So that is why we celebrate Easter and that is or, um, Christmas and Easter, mm-hmm. truly, because it's the real reason for the season. And that's why we make him our Lord. He's here and he's here for you. Every mm. single person listening to this right now. And all you have to do is three things. Accept, believe, and receive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Receive them into your heart. Know that he is the Lord and Savior and that he died on the cross for your sins and you will spend eternity in heaven, which is where I want to see everybody. (laughs) Me too. That's my goal. So thank you for tuning in to Next Steps for Seniors. I appreciate that we had the opportunity to share what Christmas is really about. Mm, Merry Christmas, everyone. You've been listening to this week's edition of Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. You can reach Wendy with any questions you have at area 248-651-5010. That's 248-651-5010. Join us again next week as Wendy provides more information and resources for those important next steps for your elderly parent or loved one.